Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. Today's episode will be of interest to egg donors and to those who pay for egg donor medications. The topic came in through listener request, and the topic more specifically is the use of elagolics in donor egg cycles. I'll explain more about why this drug may be useful and affordable in a bit, but first, in case you'd like to go and locate this study while listening, the study is written up as The Role of Elagolics in the Suppression of Ovulation in Donor Oocyte Cycles. It was published in Fertility and Sterility Reports a few months ago in March, and this research article is open access, which means that it's free to read without a special subscription. To get everyone to a baseline where the study makes sense, it's worth knowing more about elagolics. Elagolics was FDA-approved in 2018 to treat endometriosis. It comes as a tablet to be taken by mouth once a day. If you see commercials on TV for this drug, it is likely being called by its brand name, Oralisa. This drug works by suppressing gonadotropin-releasing hormone, aka GnRH, and the suppression of GnRH leads downstream to the shutdown of female fertility hormones. With endometriosis, the goal for elagolics is to suppress estrogen. But in today's study, the goal was to see if elagolics suppressed both luteinizing hormone and progesterone. See, the present study was looking at the impact of elagolics on ovarian stimulation, which is the process where a woman takes hormones to get her ovaries to produce multiple eggs at once, to have them all extracted and either frozen or mixed with sperm to make embryos. Ovarian stimulation cycles require careful monitoring since the timing of egg development within the cycles is critical. Cycles can get canceled if a woman ovulates too soon. To prevent early ovulation, luteinizing hormone and progesterone are suppressed at key times, and this is where a drug that suppresses GnRH and its downstream hormones comes into play. Ovarian stimulation cycles have included GnRH antagonists for a while now, and in the U.S., the two GnRH antagonists that are commonly used are Cetrorelix and Ganorelix, though you may recognize these drugs by their brand names of Cetratide and Firmadel. Both of these drugs are given as injections into the skin, typically into the abdomen. Taking the oral elagolics instead of one of these injections, yet have the same result, would probably be the preference of most women. While there's plenty more I can say on cetrorelics, gonorelics, and elagolics, this should be enough info to get you going into the study. With that, it's time to tell you how the study was set up. This study took place at Coastal Fertilities Clinic in Charleston, South Carolina. There are five coastal fertility sites, and this practice is big into egg donation. Every year, they run an egg donor conference. Back in 2019, Coastal Fertility recruited 75 women from their egg donor program to join this study and take elagolics. These 75 women trying elagolics were compared to 75 egg donors who, one year earlier, had instead followed the traditional protocol with injections of ganorelics. All the egg donors were between 21 to 30 years old, with the average age being 26, had BMIs under 35, with the average BMI being 23, 
They were non-smokers, had AMH levels over 2, and had FSH levels less than 10. They'd all been screened and cleared for major genetic, physical, and medical conditions. This selection of healthy young women makes complete sense, as ideally, donors should have peak health to increase the chances of success with egg donation cycles. As part of the Coastal Fertility Egg Donor Protocol, these women took oral contraceptives for 10 to 14 days at the start of their menstrual cycles, after which they took a three-day break from hormones. After this break, they started injections of recombinant follicle-stimulating hormone, brand name Folistim, to stimulate the ovaries to grow multiple follicles at once. After at least one of those stimulated follicles had reached 14 millimeters in size, to keep those follicles going at a consistent yet regulated pace, the women started taking a second daily injection. They added on 20 units of human chorionic gonadotropin, aka HCG. And at this time, they also started the oral allogolics, taking one 200 milligram tablet every night. So now they were taking three meds for ovarian stimulation. Likewise, the comparator group from the previous year followed the same protocol, except that they took nightly injections of 250 micrograms of Ganorelix instead of a tab of Elagolix. The women continued with these drugs until 24 hours before taking a shot of a medication called Luprolide, aka Lupron, to trigger the final stage of egg maturity. 36 hours after the trigger shot, the donor eggs were surgically retrieved. All eggs that were soon inseminated with sperm to make embryos were included in the study. And the study then examined what happened to the fresh eggs retrieved from egg donors. That's the gist of the study setup. It's time for results. As you now know, the study compared women doing donor egg cycles who had the same ovarian stimulation protocol, except they either took elagolics or ganorelics. There were no instances of premature ovulation seen in either group. Moreover, no adverse events were recorded in either group. Looking at treatment and embryology results, there were no statistically significant differences between the groups either. They looked at peak luteinizing hormone and progesterone concentrations, how many mature oocytes were collected per donor, how many were successfully fertilized and inseminated, and then how many became blastocysts. No differences. Most importantly, they found that the Elagolix group took an average of 4.3 fewer injections per cycle and saved $289 compared to the Ganorelix group. Based on these results, the study authors concluded that Elagolix is a patient-friendly and comparatively cost-friendly option to injectable Ganorelix. They also noted that randomized trials with more patients are needed especially trials that also include donor eggs that are frozen after retrieval, as these frozen eggs were not counted in their study. While I don't disagree with their conclusion based on the information presented, I do question if the affordability of elagolics is generalizable to other egg donors. Coastal Fertility accepted funding from AbbVie, the pharma company that manufactures elagolics, as part of a research grant. I'd be shocked if this funding had not included giving Coastal Fertility Elagolics. Maybe they also received Ganorelics for free. I doubt that, though. Rather, they likely received funding that helped them purchase the Ganorelics. Either way, how cost savings played out at Coastal Fertility may not equally play out elsewhere. 
Another question I have is, why did they pick Ganorelix instead of Cetrorelix? Cetrorelix, when compared directly to Ganorelix, has been shown in some studies to be safer and more effective. If there was a conscious decision to pick Ganorelix, if it wasn't a supply chain, drug shortage issue, my guess is that the researchers selected the potentially weaker drug to increase the likelihood of obtaining the desired results when comparing it to the new product. This is a common practice seen in head-to-head comparisons, especially in company-sponsored studies. Getting back to supply chains and drug shortages, I can see situations where Elagolix might be reasonable to offer now before randomized clinical trials come out. In the U.S., Ganorelix is sold as Firemodel, and Firemodel is manufactured for fairing pharmaceuticals by Sun Pharma in India. In April, an article came out that shared that the FDA had slapped Sun Pharma with multiple import alerts due to manufacturing concerns at more than one of their Indian facilities. Some drugs, which were not named, were put on pause from being shipped to the U.S. Given that post-COVID, the FDA is heavily scrutinizing and issuing notices to Indian companies, there's another article recently out in Bloomberg, then the drugs are not getting shipped as quickly to the U.S., it's very plausible that a manufacturing-related issue could slow or halt imports of Ganorelix. Cetratide, it's manufactured in Germany. From what I've read and from asking someone who used to work directly on Elagolix, Elagolix is manufactured within the U.S. Thus, availability may impact how readily Elagolix gets adopted. To quickly summarize the research, today's study showed a new potential use for Elagolix that may be patient and pocketbook friendly, but more studies are needed especially if this drug will be used to stimulate the ovaries of women who are not as medically healthy as egg donors. And that's a wrap on today's episode. More study details and links to resources are in the show notes, which can be found at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in.